0: Weirdo Weirdo Bookworms bookworms Unite! Unite. Do your reading tastes range from dystopian sci-fi to middle-grade fantasy? Dark
1: psychological thrillers to gory
0: body horror? From YA paranormal swords and sorcery?
1: Extraterrestrials? Murder? Mayhem! And beyond! Then we want to share our love of reading with you! Welcome home. Hi genre or Junkies, it's Sandra. And this is Scott. And here we are for a horror episode. Horror.
0: The everybody's r- favorite.
1: The rural juror. <laughs>
0: <laughs> much much to my much to my chagrin. Everybody's favorite.
1: Oh, you are a horror
0: fan. <laughs> I am a you horror fan. You are a horror, I horror fan. I know. I know.
1: Um couple of things I wanted to share first with everybody. Well, let's, let's say first off, re- the book we're reviewing tonight, in case you missed it, is Such a Pretty Smile by Christy Demeester. But um, I have a couple of things I wanted to share. First of all, first of all, watched a movie called Relic, not like the one that's like old. It's one that came out in like 2018 horror movie. It's really good. Check it out. Go in blind as possible.
0: Didn't watch that with me, so I know nothing about it.
1: We're not done with it, but we've been watching Archive 81. Oh my God. We're like, we're we're gonna be done very soon. But it's just like,
0: oh, it it's so good. At this rate, we might be done by the time you hear this episode. (laughs) (laughs) It is way good. It is so good um
1: other thing i just wanted to share this being a book podcast you you know that right it's a book podcast it is yeah oh okay um the written word the written word don't ban books it's weird it's weird and i know people not a good look i know it's it never quits but it's really in the news right now and other people have said this and allow me to paraphrase it as well when you look back at history it's the bad guys that ban books don't be a bad guy don't be a bad guy don't ban books books. no 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 it's fine and if and if you're worried about something your kid is reading if you have kids you know talk to them talk to them open a dialogue and a communication you know do that instead of burning it in a big pile
0: does that seem reasonable are we burning books now too I mean, I, I'm not surprised. I mean, surprised. I know it's a hop, skip, and a jump,
1: but... Right. I mean, I'm sure there's... Well, I mean, I don't think it's ever really stopped. Uh, the big the big one was, remember, when everybody was burning Harry Potter?
0: Oh, uh, yes. That
1: was a lot of Potter went up in flames.
0: <laughs> written by nobody. Written, <laughs> written by Anonymous. Written
1: by Hermione Granger. <laughs> I change it every time to who wrote it. Lucius Malfoy. Um,
0: anyway, anything you want to add? Um. I, I have been playing halo infinite
1: i like to call it Haler.
0: Haler. <laughs> <laughs>
1: i don't know why it's just funny it's playing Haler.
0: um it's you know i have i have complaints here and there but overall it is very fun and it's nice to go back to what is basically my childhood halo is a yeah is a happy place for me
1: happy place oh that's good and we're also we are excited for the show
0: Oh yeah, the trailer looks very good. I, I, I like what they're doing with it. They're kind of going a MCU kind of direction. It's not canon,
1: yeah, exactly. Although
0: MCU became canon, so
1: it's, we'll see. It's kind of like it's kind of like Star Wars almost in a way where it's like there's this stuff, and then we've also got this stuff. Yes,
0: <laughs> <It's> <laughs> although very descriptive. you know, I, I, I if I can just uh, expound on that. Star Wars is a little bit different because there's the movie cinematic universe which is quote unquote canon and then there's the EU which is now what legends EU
1: Um
0: I would I would rather have books be you know I would rather have more books I do love the Halo books. I haven't read them all, but I read a lot of the first ones and I, I enjoyed them very much. Um, Eric Nyland, you're a bastard for not finishing that series.
1: Oh, Eric Nyland, we we will not We're forget, We're not on sir. speaking terms. We will not forget what you did to us, sir. And you roped us in and then you left us. You left us. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's talk about Such a Pretty Spile by Christy Demeester. First of all, you know we like to point out some good blurbs. Uh, Josh Mallerman, Christopher Golden blurbed this book. We also get some blurbs from Paul Tremblay and Sadie Hartman, Mother Horror, our nightwormy wormworm.
0: Who is is in the acknowledgements. Yes, indeed.
1: Um, So that's pretty cool. Uh, Anyway, let's get on to it. A biting novel from an electrifying new voice, Christy DeMeester's Such a Pretty Smile is a heart-stopping tour de force about powerful women, angry men, and all the ways in which girls fight against the forces that try to silence them. There's something out there that's killing. Known only as the cur, he leaves no traces save for the torn bodies of girls on the verge of becoming women who are known as troublemakers, those who refuse to conform to know their place, girls who don't know when to shut up. 13-year-old Lila Sawyer has secrets she can't share with anyone. Not the school psychologist she's seeing, not her father, who has a new wife and a new baby, and not her mother, the infamous Carolyn Sawyer, a unique artist whose eerie sculptures, made from bent twigs and crimped leaves, have made her a local celebrity. But soon, Lila feels haunted from within, terrorized by a delicious evil that shows her how to find her voice until she's punished for using it. 2004. Caroline Sawyer hears dogs everywhere, snarling, barking, teeth snapping that no one else seems to notice. At first, she blames the phantom sounds on her insomnia and her acute stress and caring for her ailing father. But then the delusions begin to take shape, both in her waking hours and in the violent, visceral sculptures she creates while in a trance-like state. Her fiancé is convinced she needs help. Her new psychiatrist waves her problem away with pills. But Caroline Ellen's past is a dark cellar filled with repressed memories and a lurking horror that the men around her just can't seem to understand. That goes on a little bit. But so basically what you know is we have a dual timeline. Yes.
0: Yeah. So it is a dual timeline. Uh, two this is a mother daughter. protagonists. Yeah. Yes. And
1: that's this is right off the bat. We we know this. It's a mother daughter dual mm-hmm. timeline. Um, may I start? You may. So Christy DeMeester has cemented herself as an auto buy author in my world i've loved everything she's written um and i even have two of her candles <laughs> that she makes um and i want to buy all of them i am a major major christy Demester fan um this book is important christy's voice is important um so her tone, her message is vital, I feel today in representing women in horror. Um, Christy tackles what I can only describe as the generational trauma that all female friend presenting folk inherit and it's it's wrapped up in this fairy tale retelling um, and the result is just disturbing and vile and I mean that in the best way. I mean that in the way that horror fans seek that deep um, soul-rocking emotion. Um, I can even imagine women who aren't into horror could read this novel and like really relate and appreciate what Christie's conveying here, because it's something that probably every woman, femme person knows and and understands very deeply and has experienced. And um, I think this is a perfect scary book for wild girls, nasty women, and the people who love them. Uh, absolute Obsession. Absolute Obsession. Brilliant! It's brilliant. It's a brilliant book.
0: I think this book is important, and I appreciate this book a lot. There are experiences shared in this book that, I mean, yes, I I, I knew about conceptually, but this makes it real in a way and makes it relatable in a way that I am going to take out of this book and try to be better, mm. be a better feminist, be a better person, uh, that said, I really struggled with this book. Um, it bothered me in a way I, I wasn't like prepared for. Mm. Um, and and that's and both its imagery, which is horrifying, yes. um, as well as like its messaging and tone, I just wasn't prepared for it. Um Hey, and,
1: hey! Imagine living it. I oh. know, I know.
0: And so, <laughs> it's very important for me to say this. I'm
1: sorry. I just had to. Yeah, I just had to.
0: I am, um, I am a cisgendered male, um, and so I haven't. I don't live with this, frankly, daily horror and this generational trauma, which I have in my notes as well. Ah. That is a very strong theme of this book, and so, you know, some of that struggle, frankly. Maybe because hey, here it is in your face, as real and 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 elevated as possible. Right. And I accept that. I accept that. But there are some books that that I enjoy the struggle. It's like, oh, this is a horror book. It's a struggle, and it's the best kind of struggle. Mm-hmm. This was not that. Yeah. I I for me, I had a really I had a really hard time with this book.
1: Mm. I think that's very interesting. I mean, um, it's not like it's. Easy to read, but um, I feel so justified. I feel so vindicated on behalf of me and other femmes. <laughs> like, this is just we know this so intimately, and I feel like Christy did this really amazing job of putting how I felt into words. You know what I mean? Like yeah. it's it's representative. It's like I feel represented in, in this book and by Christie's voice.
0: I and I and I can totally see that and and again, I'll talk about some of the specific moments in the spoiler section. Mm-hmm. But there is there's very real things that you and I have discussed and and, and like had tensions about mm-hmm. that I have learned more about and I've already like, you know, I've already worked on, but right um that made me understand in a way that I never really understood before. Right. Uh, and and I think she has a she had a really great way and method to sync those messages home in a way that I I've never had it communicated to me before.
1: Yeah. Or she's a wordsmith. She's gonna do it. She's gonna do it, and she's gonna do it right. <laughs> um. I, so before we talk about some more of the content, because we're definitely gonna get into that in the spoilers. Um. I really liked the dual timeline in this. I thought it was really cool. You know, we have um Lila <laughs> in relatively present day, um, an adolescent, newly newly minted, <laughs> and then we have her mom. You know, dealing with the stress and the anxiety and the fear that she's built up. And then we see her back in 2004 when she was what in her like mid-to-late 20s? Mid-20s? I think she's early 20s. I can't remember, but she okay, she was young and she was already a product of all this stuff society had put on her. And then uh but we kind of see how how a lot of the anxiety formed and we see her as, you know, dealing with her ailing father and just a lot of attention to detail for both of these characters that made them feel very real for me and very believable.
0: I really, uh, I really resonated with both of the characters in this book. Um, I, I liked them both. I was rooting for them both. I was sad for them both. Right. Um, I mean, it's right in the title yeah, what a pretty smile. such a pretty such smile. a pretty smile. It's right in the title yeah. if you are if you are a feminist at all, and let's be honest, if you're listening to this, you should be. <laughs> yeah. um,
1: everybody should be a feminist. it It doesn't mean if you're from the school of feminism is a big, scary thing, it's not a big, scary thing. It just means that, you know, it just means equality.
0: That's all it means and and i would I would elevate to understand. learn to understand women yeah. if you're not one. You know, if you're not if you're not femme presenting, if you don't have that experience. Learn to understand and listen. <laughs> right. I just I hurt for them so much. Mm-hmm. And uh this you know, without going into the details of where the, you know, where the true horror lies and all that kind and all that kind of stuff, there's points when you really feel conflicted about this is being presented as a bad thing and yet It feels like the right thing. It feels like a good thing. Mm
1: -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, I will definitely be speaking more about that in the spoiler section, the allegorical kind of component there. Um, One thing that I think is interesting that I wanted to say before the spoiler section and before the appeal is... If you're so the title, Such a Pretty Smile, I have been told so many times in my life to smile, Mm -hmm. usually by men. But often women want you to smile, too, because everybody just wants you to be pleasant. Just be pleasant. Just smile. You look prettier if you smile. I mean, it's that it's, it's a joke at this point, because it's been said so many times to all of us. And it's like this hilarious, like, what gives you any right to ask me to smile for you? Especially, I mean, not directed at, at men folk. Like, what gives you any right that I'm some sort of um, piece of scenery that, that I should smile?
0: And that people get to tell you how to feel. Yes.
1: People love to tell you how to feel. Or how to present. Absolutely. Be nice. She's a nice girl. That's a nice girl. And there's nothing wrong with being nice, with being kind, but there's a connotation that comes to both males and females when you put nice on them. When you put it on a girl, it means she's well-behaved. She doesn't take up a lot of space. She is, you know, reserved and has a submissiveness to her that um, makes it very easy to be around. She's a nice girl. Um, And for boys, (laughs) it's like, he's a nice guy. I'm a nice guy. And if you ever hear some guy going on about how nice he is, then he is not nice.
0: Oh, you know, I saw that highlight that you put in there. Yeah. I I definitely caught that as well. Now,
1: there are obviously, oh, God, let's not even get started down in Not All Men (laughs) trail. But of course, there's kind men. I'm best friends with many of them, including Scott. And I have been my whole life. My dad's a nice guy. Like, I mean, yes, there, there are many, many nice guys, but there is this connotation with a nice guy that they're, um, that they're kind of owed something.
0: Can I make an argument about the not all men, uh, thing? Yes. Because I agree with you. There are, um, kind men. And I like to consider myself to be one of them. Yes. That said, there is, you know, we were talking about generational trauma. Yeah. And while, and trauma might not be the right word, but um, I'm going to use it for this argument. There is a generational trauma that is imposed on men in that from the very moment we are born, mm-hmm. we're kind of, we're kind of, that kind of attitude of we're owed something. Mm-hmm is put onto us by society Absolutely. from a very young age. And so do I consider myself a kind person? Yes. Do I see the behaviors either historically in my past or even present mm. that are presented in this book now? Yes.
1: That's scary. I'm not, pr-
0: it is. And I'm, I'm not proud of them and I want to be better every single day and and. Yeah. God help me! I'm going to try to make sure that our spoiler section doesn't turn into couples therapy here. <laughs> <laughs>
1: it won't. It won't.
0: Uh, but, but really, like there's there are specific uh, scenes that Sandra and I, I have been on the side. I have been on the man's side in this situation. Interesting. And I, like, even the same, like. Like I had to catch myself at moments in this book going, well actually I can see where oh.
1: <laughs> That's the point she's making as you can see.
0: I can see where he's coming from and that sucks. Yeah. Because yes, there's two sides to every story and yes, right. you know, there What I'm saying is I I was raised by wonderful parents i i i had i you were
1: primarily raised by a woman
0: yes yeah and that that has you know that has informed a lot of who i am yes but you know there's things that have been ingrained in me and i don't i don't know if it's i i don't i i'm a big believer in nurture yes and so i i would say that some of that all men stuff not only is it's true it's it's generational
1: um kind of societal societal because i mean the whole like men are from mars women are from venus and men are like this i mean it's so gross and so old school it's all put on every gender by society it's all completely built up by society and i've talked to other you know girls my age that there'd be times when like we're coloring and you know like when you're little kids and it's like well andrew wants to use the blue sandra so you should let him use the blue and it's like, but I'm not done with the blue. But somebody wants it, so I have to give them the blue crayon. Right. Um, and it's kind of like, and Andrew expects because he asked for the blue that he can have the blue now. You know what I mean? I do. I know yeah. exactly. And what it's you kind mean. of. I'm like, sorry, this is an
0: audio format, and I'm nodding. Again-
1: <laughs> <laughs> but you know what I mean. It's it's little things like that over time. And I've said this on other um, podcasts, but I really just I just want to put this out there because I think it's the best analogy, um, on TikTok, on social media, on. YouTube everything Uh, I follow some you might know um, a creator called Captain Deadpool who is fantastic and most of his content is actually about deconstructing religion Uh, but he had this great analogy for the not all men argument and it is if you went to Costco I'm sorry Deadpool I'm gonna paraphrase you a little here (laughs) you went to Costco and you got a six-pack of apple juice and you drank one and it was piss (laughs) The rest are all fine, though. You might drink more apple juice. You might even buy apple juice from Costco again, but you're never going to forget that one of those was actually piss. Not all men. (laughs) Like, Mm -hmm. yeah, not all men. The majority of them, they're not going to be piss. (laughs) But, you know, you you have to be weary when you're sampling apple juice. (laughs) (laughs) I kind of said it earlier, but for me, um, appeal-wise, I... I'm really leaning into a general appeal here. I mean, here's the thing, it's gory and it's creepy and so if you're somebody that doesn't like horror, it's going to be, you know, that's going to be really out of your comfort zone, but the messaging I feel is so sound and so representative that I I can't in all consciousness, put it in someplace other than general.
0: I mean, let me let me say that I agree that this is more than a niche book. Uh, at no point um, did I ever consider putting it into niche myself um, because this is more than just a horror book for horror fans, right? Right, right, right. Um, I, I also am kind of in the general camp on this one mm-hmm. because it is very disturbing in ways that are... That's going to be complicated for the the broader mass um, masses to really get behind. That said, this is the kind of book that if it ended up being on like the Good Morning America book list mm-hmm. and became this hugely this this huge feminist book club book that that, you know, so many people feel seen by. And yes, disturbed and yes, bothered by, um, I wouldn't be surprised. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like I don't feel comfortable giving it a mass appeal. But if it ends up being mass appeal, I won't be surprised.
1: So you're like kind of a light general, uh a a deep broad, where
0: are you? I am going with general. I am going with general. But uh if this ends up you know on Oprah's book list, <laughs> I I'm saying right now that that I I will I I will not be surprised.
1: Oprah, get on this level, girl. Reese Witherspoon, where you at?
0: <laughs> there's a lot of books that have made it on those on those those uh, literary merit book clubs. I don't know why I said that in a joking way. There's nothing wrong with that. <laughs> it's just not really our wheelhouse.
1: No, we're here representing, like, read, you know, just read what you enjoy and you connect with and, and genre, you know. But
0: there's a lot of books that have ended up on those lists that have surprised me. Um This is one of those books that I could see end up going there if the right person reads it.
1: Okay, cool. Well, that having been said, if you're at all captivated by this book, um, I think you should definitely take the time to read it. It is worth it. And we both agree you're going to get something out of it. So uh, really important book, really important topic. And speaking of topics, we are going to give you some content warnings at the top of the spoiler section. So if you're the type that wants to hear content warnings before you read the book, we'll give you those and then get into the spoilers but either way um we'll see you there hey bookworm buddy don't forget subscribe rate and review and while you're at it find us on instagram at genre junkies here's your content warnings sexual assault
0: uh blatant (laughs) (laughs) anti-feminism
1: yeah like straight up hating a femme people yeah
0: complicated depictions of mental struggles there you have it
1: okay let's 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 get into it here let's get into it here so one of the things that you said is it like it feels so wrong but it feels so right that's a huge huge part of this this book to me what we're looking at with the allegory there is the beast the cur, whatever it you want to experience your sexuality you want to tell people how the you feel Mm -hmm. and stop treating me like this or this is what i want or you know i want to be a sensual being but the and then then what happens is that when you do that well first of all you can take it a little too far and and hurt people inadvertently but you do that and then you get in trouble for it Mm -hmm. as the as the feminine feminine person uh you then have to face repercussions for your actions not fair not fair at all and it makes it complicated because uh, when you're an adolescent especially whatever gender you identify as you've got so many hormones and so much surging through you and, and you're discovering things and you're questioning things um it makes it even more complicated to when you have all these voices and all of these hormones coming at you to parcel out what it is you're supposed to do. And I felt that was really well represented.
0: It was, and it was represented in a way that was a little bit of a gotcha as well. Yes, um, when, especially with Lila when she um, when she says horrible, mean, violent things to her, and I'm using air quotes friend Macy <laughs> yeah. uh, it is presented in a way whereas that's the evil that's the um that's the crux of what's happening that's that's the horror is this beast inside of her that's saying these horrible things at the end of the day that was her breaking through this this like programming yeah. by by the cur by the Beast to be a good girl.
1: Right. And she did need to stand up for herself and to her friend because she was being treated very poorly. And this is not only a friend, but this is also her crush. Mm -hmm. And, you know, that's... There's a lot for a person to unpack there. And it was important. But, um, you know, there's... (laughs) she might she might have come on a little strong yeah there there was definitely (laughs) she could have dialed it back Mm -hmm. a few notches and still gotten her point across of of standing up for herself yeah
0: maybe maybe not maybe not saying out loud that you hope that you know she's opened up and you know split open by the cur and left to bleed out or whatever is (laughs) maybe a little much but you know when it's been pent up and and programmed into you for 13 years of your life you're you're gonna gonna blow a little bit um and I w- I want to talk about some of the the seemingly I mean, <laughs> it's not innocuous to those who have lived it, but the seemingly innocuous scenes that are not based in horror. Mm. Um, one thing that really, um, one that really resonated with me and uh, made me think was when Daniel takes Caroline to Jazzland. Yes, um, it's such. a, I mean, it really is such a a, a nice fun heartwarming day that he's planned out for her and he's yeah, very excited very he's very excited about you know providing this really nice day and her having a good time and and you know there are things that you do get from that when you plan a day like that and one yeah. of those things is is the is, a hap- is the joy is seeing the joy in someone else that said she starts having a hard time she starts feeling ill she starts you know feeling anxious and you know also there's a whole bunch of truly repressed trauma involved in it as, right, as well. Right. She's not she's not doing well, but she feels this obligation to still enjoy herself, to still put on a smile, to
1: not ruin Daniel's gift.
0: Yes. We've been there.
1: Oh, of course.
0: We've been there.
1: Yeah, I think that's normal with um friends and couples. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And and I've been I've been, you know, the one saying you know kind of thinking can we just like try to have a good time still right sure that sucks it's a lot of pressure to put on somebody
1: it's a lot of pressure to put on a person when they're going through hard times um and i mean i think there's like everything there's a balance there's a middle path to it because when you're going through a hard time (laughs) like i am for full disclosure in my life right now um you can't Completely let it overtake you. Yeah. You need to find some joy, and you need to let yourself have some joy. And it's really wonderful if you're surrounded by people that want to do that for you. Um, but that having been said, the gifter, if you will, needs to have some grace. Yes. Yeah, and it's it's hard because it it's such. Well, God, it's just it's such a good example. It's just such a good example she presented there because it's very relatable.
0: Yeah, and the other thing. Um, And I don't, the other thing that really resonated with me is the, is their relationship seemed to work really great, right? Mm. Until she started to say what she wanted. Yes. Until she started to voice her needs. Right. And that's when, that's when uh, Daniel really started to feel threatened. It's when he started to.
1: I would argue it actually starts before that, because it turns out, like, She's been trying to dim herself for him, remember? Yes. Because she was really successful and he wasn't. And so she was trying to dim herself and downplay her success and her, you know, like relishing in being, um, you know, adored by the art community. And then especially with his betrayal, because it was always there. He always had it just under the surface.
0: Uh, And... and Daniel is a is a piece of garbage. He oh, is he a is. he is a yeah. walking, talking piece of garbage.
1: Yeah, I hate the way he shoots his daughter. Yeah,
0: but that's not to say, but that's not to say he is an exaggeration. Right, and it's not to say that it's not it's not real. You know what I, you know what I mean? Like yeah. hashtag not all men, but Daniel. hashtag all men have parts of that. All men right. have all men
1: have parts of that. In pr- please understand I'm not saying and Scott's not saying that women are perfect God we're far from it we're all just human we're all any gender we're all flawed we're all faulted we're all human but this book is taking back the narrative to show females you're not crazy this stuff that you know and has happened to you it's real it's real yeah it's universal right there's plenty of books out there where you can read about how a woman dunks someone wrong (laughs) Um, I want to quickly touch on the essay in this book. Um, It's never easy. It's never easy to read or to experience. Um, But as a culture, we have to discuss these things because we have to progress and move forward and pick it apart. Uh, There's wordage in there about being owed. And I think that's a thing that really stands out for people because the aggressor has been taught that flirtation, dress, interest, or even just having female parts (laughs) in some cases, but to just say like, they they feel owed. They feel owed by societal cues. And I won't say just female parts because obviously all genders get essayed by people. But you know what I mean? For an aggressor, they they pick up signs as being, I'm gonna get this. This is owed to me. So that's the point I'm trying to make. And I and I don't mean to put gender too much on it, but is that they feel they feel owed something. And the person being perpetrated against is worried that they've sent out miss signals, that they've led somebody on. You know what I mean? And that's it's really really sad (laughs) it's really really sad (sighs) it's scary it's weird that humanity has come to this it's not even like because you know essay happens all over the world to people of all walks of life but somehow that's i guess the the bottom line is the perpetrator feels they're owed something
0: yeah i mean and and again i i think that that goes down to that i was going to say that that generational trauma coding yeah that that entitlement
1: yes entitlement's a great word for it some people feel entitled just because they feel like they're some sort of alpha in a situation that might be enough Uh, for a lot of guys it might be that you know they find this person attractive and that makes them owed this entitled to this
0: um well and think about all of think about just films in general throughout our lifetime, right? How many films are there where the guy ends up getting the girl at the end? Most. And and while I would say that it's also most in the other direction, but how many movies are there where the girl does not get the guy in the end? It does happen. A fair number. Yeah. There aren't many in the opposite direction.
1: Right, because they're, uh, that's what you get when you're a nice guy. You're an attractive
0: guy. I want this girl. I want this girl. I'm going to work hard enough and I'm going to... I'm going to get this if you, object. If you put in the my, work, yeah. you
1: get your reward. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's it's like, that might be true in uh, mining gemstones, but that's, <laughs> that's not true in sexual conquest. Um, so putting aside the essay, because yeah, we're just putting that aside for a minute. Um, there's a quote that I love in this book um, talking about the, You know, the girls, the girls and the nice girls and the not nice girls, the kind of girl who was not nice, the kind of girl who was a bad influence. Their daughters were bound for the junior league, for debutante balls and homecoming tiaras and five carat colorless engagement rings. No shade to anybody with a diamond, but I don't have a, co- I, I have a colored gemstone. <laughs> yes. So that was like really funny to me because it just felt very um justified again. I don't know why, but it just made me I don't know. I I like to think I march to the beat of my own accordion.
0: I, I mean, here's the thing. Diamonds are are beautiful and brilliant and they're very cool in a lot yeah, of different like ways. Diamonds. I'm just yeah. going I'm just going to say it's it's cool if you like diamonds. Um that said, uh di- the diamond industry is Not a cool. perfect example yeah. of this kind of like programming, right? Oh, it has to be a diamond. Why? Why does it have to be a diamond? What's What's so special about diamonds? Oh, because it's supposed to be.
1: Yeah. So you're supposed to have. You're supposed to wear white. You're supposed to have a diamond. You're supposed to blah, 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 have 2.5 kids.
0: Oh, can we talk? Okay, let's talk about the white for a second. Because there was, when Beth, when they're at Beth's funeral. Yeah. And she is talking about how... The rumors going around about how she was defiled, but they they used white flowers to show her purity anyway.
1: Oh, that was so gross. I, I
0: Kelly, step away for a moment. I wanted to vomit. Yeah, it it made me feel so disgusted to be talked to be talking about this girl who had been viciously murdered and being concerned about her purity.
1: Purity culture is a concept in different sects of Christianity, um, but it, it has a lot of ties to, not, to secular society as well. Um, the idea that pure innocence is, is valued, it's um, looking at a female as being some sort of property as being some sort of um infantilized uh piece of of livestock not that okay first of all and I don't believe in treating well I don't believe in livestock I think it's horrifying but you, you so just bear with me on <laughs> yes, that <yeah. laughs> but you know what I mean and so then like you go from being owned by your father to then being owned by your husband and you've got to keep your brothers in Christ pure um and you know cuz apparently men, cisgendered, heterosexual men are completely incapable of doing the right thing. <laughs> so you've got to not be used. You've got to be clean. You've got to, even in death, look like, oh, she was just such a good little girl. And it's really weird. It's, it's a weird thing to put on females that, you know, at no point in our life can we be seen as anything other than free from defilement in, in some way. It's very bizarre. It's very, very bizarre. Um, And and men can't control themselves. Men can absolutely control themselves. 100%. And that's one of those things where it's like, it actually makes me feel like I'm the one saying not all men. Because it's like, of course men are capable of that. They're not just thinking constantly about how to sleep with somebody. Like, I mean, you can control yourself.
0: Yes. Like, maybe put some of that. Something else that that makes me think of is that, is, you know, something else that, that resonated with me was kind of this, this feeling of, of needing to, of men needing to protect women yes. too. Yes. As opposed to, oh, and not even men, just girls needing to be protected. Right. By because mothers, Caroline by is guilty of this too. Yes. Uh, actually, all of the parents are. Um, but one of the things that, that really struck home was, when, when Caroline is trying to describe why she's having a hard time, like with seeing these things. Yeah. Right. And Daniel keeps basically shushing her. I understand what he's doing. You know, he's, it, it seems like he just doesn't want to hear about it. And really what he's doing is he's trying to just, hey, don't think about it. Don't think about it. Don't think right. about it. And I will just say, this isn't, this isn't a, this isn't a book about men, but that's because that's how we're te- we're taught kind of to deal with it a lot of times is just don't think about it, <laughs> um, and so we're putting so he's putting that on her at the same time. That sucks. Yes, like, it does. suck. People need to be like your partner, especially needs to be able to talk through their issues, and you shouldn't just be like, oh, sh- it's not real. Don't worry about it. It's not real. Don't worry about it. It's not real.
1: Um this this is perfect for uh, another portion of the book i really liked a little quote here those pure innocent girls kept from anything that defined them in the name of protection while their brothers carried on as if there was nothing to fear but for them there wasn't they would never understand the inherent trepidation that came as a result of being wrapped in girl flesh um great quote great great visual girl flesh love that <laughs> Um, but I, I agree. I mean, I think with the boys in this example or with parents, it is you You want to protect people you love. You want to protect them. You want to shepherd them. You want to shelter them. And we all do that for our loved ones. But um, there's smothering, though. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and there's not letting them experience and there's not letting them be unique. There's not letting them be sexual. There's not letting them be adventurous or to speak their mind. And and that's more the smothering part. Um I subscribe to that school of thought where when you feel a feeling, feel it uncontrollably for 90 seconds. Yeah. For me, that always almost always works. I feel it and I live in it for like 90 seconds. And then I can think like a rational person again. You
0: know what I mean? Like, it's okay to welcome in what are typically unwelcome emotions.
1: Right. And we, we, we want to soothe naturally, to shush and it's okay and don't think about it. And we, we want to do that for people when we love them. But sometimes you need to just let people feel their feelings. And when you're part of a society that makes you stamp down your feelings, it's very dangerous. And it's very dangerous for um, any gender of people because you know we're conditioned that boys don't cry boys don't get to express their emotions that's not okay either you know everybody needs to feel free to to you know have that yeah so can we talk about
0: the 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 reality the the closure of this and what is actually happening yes because here is where my critique of the book comes okay i had a pretty good idea. I was kind of between two different things, but I had a pretty good idea of what was happening less than halfway through the book. Yeah, And the book doesn't pay that off until the last few pages. It doesn't really tell you what's truly happening. It doesn't settle it for you until the very, very end. Mm-hmm. And so outside of the thematic things and the feminist things, um, which I think is all good you know good things to to build tension off of a large part of my tension in this book was actually worrying about the payoff hmm worrying about is this going to pay off the way that I don't want to say should but I want it to is this going to is this going to go the way that it's been seeding is this going to am i right <laughs> basically right right <laughs> and i I wish that for me. I'm not saying it's right or wrong, but I wish that it had um truly given you the the you know, the reality that there is actually a demonic force. There is a supernatural force that is causing this and kind of mm. and kind of give that to me the reader earlier. Not right away, not not, you know, not going into act 2, but a lot of my tension was built in actually maybe a lack of trust in myself and the author that that just it by the time it actually paid it off i didn't feel like i got enough time with it to feel satisfied with the result of the story
1: interesting that's very interesting take um it was it wasn't my experience i mean i i you know, we, I, I agree, I felt pretty confident I knew what was going on. There were some twists and turn along the way, oh, yeah. but I felt pretty confident that I knew what was going on. Um, I was picking up the allegory. And I, you know, I've used this this term before, but you know I like an egregore, which is like the the concept that if enough people believe in a thing, they make it into mm-hmm. a thing. and And to me, this is... An egregore allegory, allegory, egregore. <laughs> uh, you know what I mean? Where it's, it is real, but is it real because we made it a thing? Yeah. So, okay. And I don't think it's meant to be answered. I, I think it is supposed oh, to yeah. be, uh, because she's making a point. She's not trying to create an encrypted.
0: Yeah. Oh, and, know? I'll, and I'll, and I'll, and actually, I should clarify it's not, it's, um, Regular listeners will know I do sometimes have trouble with things not being wrapped up into a bow. That's not what this is. No, there's a lot of there's a lot of hinting throughout the entire book that, um, that quite frankly, um, they might be the killers. Mm-hmm. That that you know they're losing time. They're they're losing control. They're hallucinating, and I'm like, if it, I, I would have been terribly unhappy if that is the way that ended up being that yes a supernatural force was causing it oh and perhaps. people aren't
1: responsible for their actions but
0: th- yes but that you know it's the, the devil. supernatural force is is driving is driving both of them in their times to do these killings to hurt these people mm-hmm. and It wasn't until it was confirmed to me in the last few pages that that was not what was happening and that my other guess that I I really felt like I wanted to happen was true, that I was even able to kind of breathe a little bit. And I don't think that this book benefited for me Mm -hmm. of having that second option being a possibility for that long.
1: Right that's very interesting um one of the things that really surprised me in this book in the third act was um carolyn sacrificing herself
0: i did not see that coming and i also i
1: was sad about it um the thing that i liked about it is that she was happy to do it for her kid um to let her go on and live a life that she deserves you know what i mean um but it made me sad because I was very attached to Caroline, and, and I didn't want that to happen to her.
0: And I, I think, I think. So this is my second critique of the book. My my second big critique it, mm-hmm. is that I don't know. I don't feel that that served the story. I don't feel that that served it because okay, I I, I don't think that to to move past generational trauma and to become your own person that your parent needs to step away. I think that the two of them could get better together. And I don't think that making the ultimate sacrifice is the way for Carolyn to get better.
1: Um, I agree with what you're saying. For how I interpret it in terms of the book was that sometimes um, people are succumbed to the darkness and sometimes we lose people to it, it again, in the allegorical sense.
0: Okay, but then Daniel, who... okay. I, I don't get me wrong, I like the idea of, you know, having, you know, having a man be able to grow and be redeemed is great for me personally on yes. a personal level. But yeah. why does he get to be the the continuing force and be, get to become the good guy now?
1: I don't know that he's becoming the good guy. I think it's a he's on a journey.
0: Why does he get why did I I guess why does he get to grow? Why does he get to live and grow and improve and learn um but Caroline only gets to it at the very end and only for a moment and has to die because of it. I, it, I don't I did know. Not... I,
1: guess, I, I guess shit isn't fair. Life isn't fair. Yeah.
0: True. <laughs> True.
1: <laughs> I don't have any other answer for it than that. I didn't want to lose Caroline. Like I said, I loved her. And even though sometimes she pissed me off so bad when she was a
0: mom, I still loved her. And you still understood. Yes. It doesn't make it okay. Right. But you, it, but there's a, you can empathize. With the decisions that she makes.
1: Um, I'd like to share one more passage from the book, if I may. And this is when Lila is talking to uh, Deborah, who is amazing and we love her. And she's kind of like, okay, yep, it's a thing. <laughs>
0: Did you say Deborah? Yeah. Where is Deborah?
1: I, it's the Sandra Sandra thing. I like <laughs> to say Deborah. Okay. um, So Deborah's kind of like, yep, it's all out there.
0: <laughs> it's all <laughs> it's real. real.
1: It's all real. Uh, but I'm going to help you. I mean, here's the thing. Daniel isn't the ending mentor
0: figure. She is. True. I, I mean, he's not the ending mentor figure. I'm just saying that he gets to be redeemed.
1: Right. So... She's saying like, well, can't we like catch these guys? Lila's saying that. She says we've tried so many times, but little we've turned up has been shrugged off. It's easy to blame what happens to missing girls on other things, animal attacks, some pervert on the loose, a serial killer, and then the ones who come back with the beasts inside of them, the one who seems confused or stop talking or have strange episodes or don't seem like themselves anymore. Well, it's easy to shut them away, to keep them quiet in the exact way the beasts want, to marginalize them and everything they say as unreasonable and them them in hospitals in asylums in kitchens it's what men have always been doing isn't it shutting us up anytime we say or do anything that doesn't fit into that nice little box i mean mic drop mic drop moment that's the whole that's the whole, allegory. That's, that's, the the whole, whole it. that's the whole wallet.
0: that's the whole thing the
1: whole thing that's for all the marbles right there is that we are aware of the beast we know the beast exists and you just have to be strong and deal with it because that's that's where we are.
0: And also help your sisters.
1: Help your sisters, girls. Help your sisters. Always a lot of stuff is put on us from society, from the patriarchy to hate and compete with one another. And that we don't have to live that way. And we can build each other up and, and help each other. I'm huge on that. I think a lot of... A lot of us are these days, you know, where a lot of us are really trying to stamp out the girl hate. It's, you know, it's silly. It's kind of like somebody at some point shouted, the emperor has no clothes. Yeah. You know, like, why are we doing this? It's, it's comparison is the thief of joy and people want us to fight and, and we don't need to.
0: No, you don't. No, you do not.
1: Let's talk about final scores, shall we? For me... It is absolutely five twig sculptures out of five. (laughs) Uh, By the way, I really want to see her sculptures. They sound so cool. They do. Yeah. Uh, Five out of five. Uh, Beautiful, nuanced, complicated female characters um, struggling with the ugliness in the world, Uh, coming out strong, coming out survivors, coming out badass, incredibly important voice in horror I absolutely just adore Christy DeMeester and this book.
0: Let me say that first of all, this is the kind of book that I wouldn't normally score on uh, you know, Amazon or Goodreads or anything like that because I'm so conflicted with how I feel. it It psychologically hurt me. <laughs> and so like messaging, tone, allegory, execution, which is really what this this score is about. Is five twig sculptures out of five. Yeah. But I, I I can't get over my feelings on some of the decisions that were made, as I've discussed earlier. Yeah. That that um softens my score on the book overall. Um so depending on what you're looking for, it's hard. I my gut feeling is four out of five.
1: Mm, okay. That's a still a good score. Yep. Three out of five, four out of five, five up. those are all great scores. It's just a different way that we took it in and processed it and then it worked for us. Yeah. Thank you guys all for joining us. This is, um, you could do episodes and episodes about this book. You could really break down every chapter and work through it because there's, it's, it's so dense and there's so much to cover, um, I think we can both agree that the horror community needs Christy Demeester.
0: I think that the book community, the feminist community. All
1: of the communities need Christy. Mm -hmm. Um, And Christy, you can send me a candle anytime. That's fine. Your candles are cool. Your candles are very, very cool. We'll take any candles you want to give us. Um, Thank you guys so much for joining us. I've been Sandra. I've been Scott. Please keep reading past your bedtime. (laughs)